0: Welcome back to another episode of the Bana Talks with your host, Amla Pia. Today's episode comes a little bit later in the week. I know I usually post Mondays and today is Thursday. (sighs) Um, And this comes uh, in reaction to what has been going on in our nation right now, in our world. Um, If you live under a rock where you quite literally don't pay attention to the news, which Honestly, I'm finding out a lot of people don't. (laughs) Last week, a 46-year-old black man who was suspected of using a counterfeit $20 bill um, was murdered by a white police officer who pressed his knee to his neck for almost nine minutes (laughs) while George Floyd repeatedly, repeatedly said that he could not breathe you know, called out to his mother, um, for help, um, was very vocal and still the police officer pursued what he was doing. And unfortunately, George Floyd died. Um, and this is something that was caught on camera. Of course, you know, we're in the age of social media and digital technology. And as with a lot of other cases, um, that we've seen with black people being killed by our, um, our law enforcement. It was caught on camera and, um, it's kind of, it's very hard for me to, it was hard for me to do a podcast episode, hearing this, um, watching the protests in the news, watching people react on social media, people not reacting on social media. Um, It was hard for me to really say anything um, in regards to the situation because, quite honestly, I I had zero reaction. I was completely 100% unsurprised by this incident. Um, And it made me question, like, why? Like, why... Do I have zero reaction? Why am I unsurprised? Why do I feel absolutely nothing? Absolutely nothing. When I watch a video clear as day, what this happened in broad daylight, I watch a video and I sit and watch this man die on camera. I sit and watch the news and hear people talking about this and seeing the outrage. Um... I have absolutely no reaction. And I really ask myself, like, why is that? Um, And the the truth of the matter is I have grown up with this narrative my entire life. Like so many other black men and women. This is just, just another one. This is just another one. This happened nine years ago with Trayvon Martin. It happened over almost thirty years ago with Rodney King. And and quite honestly, I'm sitting here, (laughs) like a really everyday looking and thinking and trying to get make a sense of this whole thing. This is going to happen ten years from now. This is going to happen. Five years from now, this is gonna. This happened days after another, someone else was also killed and their body was left for 12 hours in the street with no one reacting, no one saying anything. It happened quite literally days after George Floyd died and all of these protests were happening and all this outrage and all this outpouring of support was happening on social media. So it's not going to stop. This is routine. And isn't that sickening? Like, let that sit for a second. Don't you think that's a little bit sickening that I've become so immune to these things? I mean, I grew up, I grew up with this narrative. I have two younger brothers. They're in their 20s now. And just like children are told when they're younger, the typical rules are not to talk to strangers or you know, don't say your business in the classroom or any of that stuff, any of those routine things that we, you were all told as children, black children were always given a different, a separate set of rules. And in those set of rules, one of them was in regards to the police. And we were told to be careful. Those discussions were had when we were like four years old, four years old, even earlier even earlier. So this isn't, this incident is not an isolated incident. It's something that's been going on our whole lives and we are so used to. And people are tired of it. People have had the final straw and others like myself have no reaction because we just, we literally like, what are we supposed to say? this is, this is nothing new. It's not. And I hate to say it. And I hate being, I hate having that negative energy, but it's true. And you can't tell me otherwise because that is, that is the experience I've had. And that's the experience that a lot of so many other people have had growing up. I also have grown up with the notion that my opinions or my voice didn't matter. It didn't matter what I said or felt about anything. So over time, over the years, I've just stopped commenting on these things because why? Because I was repeatedly told to my face that it it didn't matter. And as a result, my parents told my brothers and I, shut up, shut up and do what you need to do. Give back to your community." That is how you make the change. Show up. Don't say it, show up and show them to the point where they can't bear to look away. And that is what I've done. That is the path that I've taken and my brothers have taken in the past few years where we are so involved in our community and we do force ourselves into these spaces. Because at the end of the day, you can post, <laughs> you can post your hashtags. You can post the artwork, you can post the petition, you can do all those things, but what I've seen, what I've seen is that at the end of the day, you need to look at these issues twofold. There's the public display, but there's also the private discussion. The public display is great. Oh, I'm loving all the outpouring of support. I'm loving the fact that people are giving of themselves in this, this horrific economic time, you know, giving money. College students are giving money that they don't have to fundraise. They're doing all these amazing things. People are, you know, the protests, you know, the rioting, that's a different story. But people are this is capturing the nation's attention. The public display is on full force. But I what I want to know is what are the private discussions? Because those are what perpetuate this narrative and this hatred that people have in their hearts. Those are the things we can't see because number one, we're not allowed in those spaces. We're not. And the system's not set up for us to ever be in those spaces. And so that is why I've really tried to push myself to get into those rooms that I wasn't allowed to be in. You know why? Because those are the rooms where the decisions are made for us and there's no one who looks like us, to represent us. So who's going to speak up about our experiences in those rooms when the decisions are being made about policing? I look at even the Blackout Tuesday strategy and who created that. And if you look at it, it was actually the music industry who came up with that. I believe it was Warner Music and I can't remember the other studio. But they came up with that and said, okay, this is our way of showing solidarity. But look who, who who was in those spaces to make a decision to say, this was a good idea. It wasn't a good idea. I'm sitting here telling you guys that what, I got nothing out of that. Of posting a black picture on your Instagram that you can clearly archive a week later when this is all blows over. Who was in those spaces coming up with the strategy? Because in the music industry, last time I checked, the CEOs and executives are not black people. They are white people, white men. The black people come into play as the artists, as the people working for these white men. They're not in the room making the decisions. They're not. So who who was going to tell them? Who was going to tell them that this was a horrible idea? No one. They got to do what they want and look at how it played out and it worked in their favor. I am so glad that people are starting to listen, that are starting to put out this message, and that it's not just us carrying it. But here's the thing if this doesn't change behind closed doors, if you're not taking action in those private spaces, none of this is going to change. It's going to happen again tomorrow. Five years from now, 10 years from now, when my kids have kids, it's just gonna keep going. It is. So, what I really wanna see and what I would love for people to do is to really take action. And when I say take action, I'm not saying sign a petition. I'm saying if you see someone who is a person of color or a black person, and your values and your views align with theirs running for office, vote for them. Put them on that platform. Give them the opportunity. That is how things will change. If you are an elementary school teacher, bring these conversations into the classroom. Talk about it. Read books that paint black people in a beautiful light. Encourage your students. Create a positive environment. Create a positive narrative. Teach students to be excited about learning about other people's cultures, other people's stories, so that I don't have to sit here on Instagram and tell you to learn about it. You really think you really think that I want to sit here and have to open my mouth about this same damn thing over and over again? I don't. But I want people to be willing to learn about it. Where is that sense of curiosity? Pastor T.D. Jakes had a, I have a quote from him because he actually spoke about this on a podcast with Bozema St. John and Katie Couric. And he said, Why is it that a black person with a GED knows everything about white culture, but a white person with a full-on PhD knows absolutely nothing about black culture? Think about it for a second. A teacher can sit there and tell you, about the history. It can tell you all these things, but that doesn't mean it's going to resonate with you. You need to be willing to learn about these things on your own. You need to be able to have that curiosity. And the way you do that, the way you foster that curiosity is number one, you know, building it in the classroom, you know, to teach children to be excited about these things. But if you're older, what I would say is talk about these things, these situations on a personal level. Let it hit you. These things don't happen that far outside your door. These are your friends. These are your neighbors. If you know your friend is struggling, your close friend, someone you regard as a sister or a brother is struggling, wouldn't you do anything in your power to help them feel better? Because it hurts you too? Wouldn't you? It's so easy to get so caught up with all of this on a national level, to blame people, to pinpoint things. But look at yourself. If you don't know a George Floyd, you might know a Kojo Apia, and Kobena Apia, and Ama Apia. You might know them. So just replace the name. How do you feel about it then? Do you feel, do you still feel like All Lives Matter, when you replace the name with someone you know, you see every day, maybe not during quarantine, I hope not, (laughs) but doesn't it change things a bit for you? And that is why I'm saying I'm not expecting anything of anyone. I'm not. But I really hope that you're critically thinking about these things on a personal level. I hope that you take action because you see the need. You see it and you feel it. Not because I'm begging you to look at it and view it in that lens. I don't want to have to throw it in your face. I don't want to have to have this discussion. It's exhausting. I want you to critically think about it. I want you to ask these questions. I want you to normalize these conversations in your homes with your friends. That is why you should be checking up on them. That is why you should have that basic respect for your friends. Because this is regardless of race. This is regardless of those, any of those things. This is about being a good person and being a good friend, a good neighbor. That's what it comes down to. But people tend to forget the basics so much, and they get so caught up in all this—how they, how people view them on social media, whether or not they're following Trump, you know, whether or not someone posted a black box or not. It's not about that. I want to see what you're doing in your, in your communities. I want to see and hear the conversations that you're having in your with your families. I want to hear the conversations that you're having with your black friends, just to check up on them that is what I would love to see. I want you to be excited to learn about my culture, just as I was forced to learn about your culture. Let's have that basic respect for each other. That is all I want. That is all I want. And that that's private discussion. So we're capturing attention with the public display, and it's necessary. We need to, because people aren't listening because it keeps happening over and over again. So yeah, that that I get it. It makes sense. But until I see a change behind the closed doors, I don't. I, do, I really don't think anything is gonna improve. And it's so unfortunate. So these are the following questions I really want everyone to ask themselves, including Black people. Really and truly, I think everybody needs to have these. To ask these questions and that's number one what exactly is happening behind your closed doors how do you talk about equality behind your closed doors how do you talk about race who is representing us as black people in those spaces who is educating those students in the classroom what are the conversations you're having with your black friends are you even having them And if you are, what are you talking about? Is it just, how are you doing? Or are you asking tangible questions that can really help and assist in your growth and understanding of the situation? That is where our allyship is needed. If you want to know how to use your white privilege, that is where we need it. That is where I want to see more voices that, I don't want to see that on social media. I don't care, quite frankly. It doesn't matter to me. Because it you can say one thing and turn your cheek and do the other. It doesn't matter. And I know you guys are doing that because I see it. We're still here after Trayvon Martin. So I know. <laughs> I know that's exactly what's happening. Um, so those are the basic things I think we need to do. And that's not hard to do. It really isn't it really isn't. I think that's the bare minimum of what we should be doing as human beings. And that makes this whole thing a human rights issue. It's not a political issue. It is not a a partisan issue. It doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter. But if you have people in your life that you know are suffering, wouldn't you want to help them? That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm saying. Um, And so that is what I would love to see. And I'm going to continue to push myself into these spaces where I'm not supposed to be in and that I'll never be supposed to be in. I will keep setting the example for my brothers to also push themselves to be in these spaces that they're not supposed to be in. I will keep supporting them when they're knocked down in times like these. And i hope help to build them up again because we have a job to do. We have a stereotype to combat. And the only way we can dismantle that is to show them, show people what black men and women, black individuals are supposed to be like. Show them how intersectional this whole thing is because a lot of us tend to be forgotten and we can't forget. We can't forget black autistic children. We can't forget black trans trans individuals We can't. And the only way we have to make sure we're not forgotten, the only way we can make sure that happens is by continuing to lead and to not give up that's the only way so that's all i'm going to say on this um i really wanted to focus more so on what we can do than my feelings about it because my feelings <laughs> this is something that i mean i've dealt with for almost 23 years and some things aren't going to change so i'd rather look forward to seeing what we can do next Because that is where the power is. And that is what I want to convey to you all. Because I know it's kind of hard to figure out what your path in doing this is, especially when you're so inundated with all this toxic stuff on social media and everyone's really out to attack each other right now because one person's not doing this versus the other. Um, And so I hope this little discussion helped a bit. (laughs) Um,. I really don't know how much it could have, but I I hope what I'm saying makes sense. And yeah, I will see you guys next week with another episode of the Bonnet Talks. And yeah, <laughs> bye.